Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Outside the Box Conversations. And we are going outside the box today because I got Angel Ogden together. <laughs> together, I got Angel Ogden here with me today at Brain Balance. And uh, first of all, how are you? We met about 15 minutes ago. I've gotten to know you a little bit. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, you're, thank you're, you for you're, being here. You're a Knoxville native. <laughs> I am, yes, from North Knoxville. I, um, I, I grew up in Oak Ridge. Okay. And uh, my dad worked in Clinton for a long time, and then we moved to Kingsport my sophomore year. I was the new kid in school. Oh. Were you ever the new kid? Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> How do you think you would have dealt with it? Um, considering I probably was one of those kids that needed brain balance, not well. <laughs> yeah. Just... Actually, I love that because um, I, 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 I was probably that way too. I just didn't realize it at the time. There probably wasn't a thing called brain balance w- during my day. Yeah. But um, why don't you tell us what brain balance is? Okay. Um, you know, it's really hard to explain. Oftentimes people don't understand. Um, and even a, when you've seen it, it's hard to uh, really communicate. But when you think about developmentally as kids grow, Um, And then somewhere along the way, they may struggle, whether it's with learning, behavior, social issues. Um, It's not always because they're a bad kid or that they're dumb or whatever the labels we want to put on them. It's usually just that something got missed. And so what we do here at Brain Balance is go back and naturally recreate those developments in the body and in the brain through very specific exercises and also sensory stimulation. Um, So, you know, this is kids, whether they're diagnosed or not, um, that it can help with lots of different um, issues or concerns. I would imagine that so many kids have have some things that are missing just from a pure, you know, nutrition standpoint. Uh, I know a lot of it's environment. Um, how do you, how do you tell, like, how can you tell if your kid or if you're, you know, if you know someone's kid, if they have a developmental problem or something that's not, it's a little slower. Right. It honestly, I think oftentimes parents just know, um, if you're really in tune and involved with your children and, you know, unfortunately a lot of people will say, well, don't compare. Um, it's not good to compare. Everyone's different, but there's oftentimes that intuitive, of just knowing "Mm, something's not right or why do they struggle so much in this area you know why are things harder for them Um, so that that's one way but then there are sometimes obvious reasons oftentimes families will come in because teachers pick up on it and you know realize that this child is struggling in a certain area that you know is is not age appropriate Um, so there's lots of ways um, I really encourage parents to, you know, listen to their gut and their heart. And, you know, if they feel like something's going on, it's better just to have it checked out. It's super fascinating. And I, and I know um, I'm not a parent, so I, so I speak, obviously, not out of experience. But I would imagine it'd be difficult to, to be able to see that, you know. Like, um, I'm sure as a parent you see your kid as being perfect in many ways and obviously biased. Have you ever had to coach parents on anything like that? Um, I will say most families that come here, they know. Okay. Um, it's very yeah. odd. Occasionally we'll, you know, assess siblings because the parent's curious. Um, but usually the parents that come here, it's because they, they realize something's going on or a teacher has made them aware of something. Um, it's very rare. Occasionally we will get where one parent sees it and then the other one, you have to help them along and realize that, you know, what 
the other parent is saying this is why developmentally this when we assess them this is this is why you're seeing that and I think the other big thing for parents to realize is it's not their fault mm. you know, it's not something they did yeah yeah. And that's a huge message yes. out there for so many people. Um, I, I've got kind of a, a funny story um, when you when I was talking about being biased. Um, when I was in kindergarten, we had a, a, a meeting with my kindergarten teacher. It was I think it was just my mom and dad, and maybe I was there. And and my dad goes to the teacher, and uh, he looks the teacher in the eye. His name was Mr. Russian, and he goes, uh, Mr. Russian, can you confirm? our suspicions that Ben is a genius <laughs> and, and, uh, and Mr. Russian looks, looks my dad straight in the eye and he goes, no, he's not a genius. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I found that, you know, dad tells that story a lot and, and, um, and no, I'm, I'm not a genius. Um, but I would imagine just the whole, you know, parent kid relationship is, is such a, an interesting one. What do you think about environment? Like uh, a lot of the people watching here are really concerned with their own health and they're trying to take care of themselves. Does that, you know, translate into, you know, kids? Can that be helpful in any regard? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, you know, all the time parents are asking us what caused this. And honestly, we don't know. Um, it can be different for all. We do know genetics is an issue. But if you read even on the CDC, you know, they say that one of the top three concerns is environment. And that's, you know, what they do and also the foods that we eat. So thinking about how things have changed over the years, kids are less active, our food has changed, we're eating more processed foods, so definitely that can play a big role. Um, you know, in rare cases, we also see where trauma is, is that third, um, top third reason, so. Is there things that you're seeing in kids that, that someone in your position wasn't seeing in kids say 20 years ago when you and I were smaller like is there because you mentioned the food thing mm -hmm. and I've got to I've got to think that that has has had some sort of impact on behavior um, developmental issues are you seeing any of that in your practice um, we definitely have seen a shift um, you know brain balance is about 14 years old and in the beginning, you know, the, some of the issues that we saw then is definitely shifting, um, definitely seeing a lot more students come in with allergies, um, also seeing students um, that more of the impulsivity, lack of focus, uh, where before it was, you know, we also saw the dyslexia or learning challenges. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a change in, in what we're seeing. So how do you how do you coach people on that? Because we're 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 in a, a different world now. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is so digital. Um, there's so many. There can be so many distractions, um, and there's so many opportunities, things for kids to do. Yes. Um, how do you coach them on how to stay focused? How do you not be distracted in a distracted world? Uh, you know, that's really a tough thing because sometimes these kids can't. They physically cannot attain. They cannot focus because they've not developed those parts of the brain. Um, so that can be part of it. Um, and so, you know, even when you start developing that part of the brain, we still have to train ourselves. As adults, most of us have developed that part of the brain, but we find ourselves distracted. And so, you know, you have to look at the load on the brain and can our 
can we handle that load? Can we handle when there's background noise and things like that? So there's also some training involved with that as well. And, you know, with any training, it's usually practice. You're practicing doing multitasking, multi-skills, multi-sensory type things, um, and, you know, just really getting the, the eyes and the ears and the brain to attune. I'm, I'm fascinated with the eyes in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done quite a bit of eye work through, you know, through my athletic career, and, and it's fascinating the relationship between your eyes and your brain. Mm-hmm. And, and it, do you do anything in terms of, like, you know, um, following things with your eyes with the kids? Is that a, is that a thing? It, we do. I mean, the eyes are a muscle, mm-hmm. and so you have to work them and build them and strengthen them. So, yes, a lot of tracking. Um, even, you know, we want kids to be aware of what's in their peripheral vision, but look and attain and focus, you know, um, for safety reasons. You even think down the road when you're driving, I have to be aware of what's going on, but yet keep my eyes attained. So that's one of the skills, too, that we work with the kids is, um, you know, what we call visual focus and attaining to things. But, yes, the tracking working on that depth perception and the, the going in and out with the eyes. So yes, eyes are a huge uh, part of the program. Is there any correlation between the work that you do with kids and, um, you, you know, everyone here, I'm sure, including myself, is concerned about dementia and Alzheimer's mm-hmm. and, and staying, you know, mentally fit, you know, for, you know, as long as possible. Is there like is this type of work helpful for even the people that's that's watching that that might not be a kid? Oh, absolutely, yes. And um, you know, you think growing up, I always heard sit up and pay attention. And of course, now I realize that that's so true. That it really your posture, um, movement, all activate the brain. Um, you know, your muscles engaging those muscles activate the brain, and so that's important for everyone as we get older. Um, you know, really paying attention to your posture, your core strength, those kind of things. Um, you know, if you're sitting down for 30, 45 minutes, get up and move. You're going to re-engage and reactivate the brain. And, you know, that's the same thing even as we age. And um, we, you know, a lot of people say you lose that capacity or ability, but that may not necessarily be true. There's a lot of research now correlating our uh, core health and that brain activity and dementia alzheimer's kind of things when you say core health do you you mean just like a like a strong core that sort of thing posture Mm -hmm. um those sort of things because that's stuff we all can do absolutely every single day (laughs) yes do you have any you know specific exercises that you like anything that you're practicing in your own life yeah absolutely you know plank is probably one of the best i love planks um you know the forward and lateral plank because it does work all of that anything that engages just the core though we talk about with our families you know getting the kids active even walking on uneven surfaces is making me engage my core um sitting on an exercise ball watching tv instead of you know uh, in a, on the couch lounged back um there's lots of ways and fun ways that you can engage that core and help with the posture and a way you hold your body so. one thing that i and I, it just popped in my head as i was listening to you um when i was when i was training a lot for tennis we would do some some exercises where you would do something athletic and also have to like answer questions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's happening there what why is that important because there was um I, w- I would be doing some sort of um cardiovascular 
exercise and then I'd be asked like a math question Mm -hmm. or, you know, I'd be doing a, it was a, you know, those skater slide things and they'd be tossing me a ball. So I had to keep my, my eyes focused on where the ball was while I was maintaining this movement. Have you, is that something that you would do with, with kids? Absolutely. What's happening there? So, um, you know, going back to some of the different phrases you hear, but what fire together, wire together. So the more things that you're doing at one time, the, then the greater that capacity is in the brain. And so if I'm just doing a physical activity, my brain may be basically shutting off and, you know, in, in its own little world. But if I'm engaging that and having to think and focus, then that's more connections that we're making in the brain. And um, so thinking about in a classroom, a student is not just listening. They're oftentimes listening, writing, reading. They're, you know, they're expected to do so many things. And as we get older, that multitask is even greater in the things that we have to do. Going back to that load, what's the load on our brain and our body and how much can we handle? So if we train our brain and body to handle a lot at one time, then we're going to have that greater um, function and ability. So how do you do that without, because you mentioned a big, a big issue is distraction. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a kid, uh, oftentimes adults, we treat a, a lot of uh, adult ADHD, you know, they can't, they can't focus. Right. So it, it seems like that would be conflicting. You start low. Uh, okay. You know, we, we start at where their capability is. And one of the ways that we start easy is we use our senses. So I may be doing working on the core, but I also have a shaker device on my arm that's vibrating, that's causing a distraction. Um, then we'll put glasses on that flash, that have a flashing light that's causing a distraction, and I'm having to work through it. Um, so it's building those senses and that sensory because that's how we take in information is through our senses. Um, so that's one of the ways. And then as we progressing it better, we're doing exactly what you were saying. We're asking questions. Say the alphabet backward while standing on one leg. You know, I mean, there's so many fun things that you can do. But, yes, it, it does progress to where they're at until we build that load. For the record, I think there's no chance I could say the backward, <laughs> the, the alphabet backwards. Not correctly, right? <laughs> like especially standing on one leg. Yeah. There's no chance I could be sober ready and there's no chance I could do it. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's just a really interesting thing. You mentioned sensory and um, flashing lights is the goal. Cause I know, I know that's what you guys are doing is you're, you're forcing some of these distractions, but you want the kid to it, not to bother them. Mm-hmm. Is that the, is that kind of the end goal? That's there? correct. Right. Almost desensitizing. Correct. So why does it, so most kids are oversensitized. Mm-hmm. So th- right. little things will bother them. right. Does that have anything to do with like OCD behavior or anything like that? Um, there are some connections, but more of your hyperactivity. Oftentimes, um, you know, you'll see families that say we can't go out to eat because we get in a restaurant and my kid gets agitated. And you got to think about the lighting, think about the music. Um, the environment can oftentimes overstimulate and cause them to be hyper. Um, but also thinking about left and right brain, left side that causes that hyperactivity is our gas pedal. And thinking about OCD, then that's where, you know, everything has to be in a particular order pattern. And I don't have that break on that right side to say stop, it's okay. Um, you know, and that I don't have to be so compulsive about it or obsessive. So yeah, similar parts of the brain. What's interesting to me, and I know I know this is something that I, that you guys deal with every day, but you know a lot of these um, uniquenesses in in a kid, you 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 want to work to somebody's strengths, 
you know, mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. want them to like kind of fit in the box. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you help a kid with, you know, some of these, um, areas in their life where you know it's going to affect them negatively later on where they have to, mm-hmm. they really need to fix this, but also maintain what makes them them, right. you know, like, cause sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, people, uh, they, they, they like doing lots of different things and, and they don't, they're not necessarily rule followers and that can really work for them, you mm-hmm. know, later on in life in, in many ways. How do you kind of manage that? Do you work with the parent at all? Like- oh, absolutely. It is definitely a, a, you know, a community event here um, where there's things that we let the parents know and we want them, even the student to know what their strengths are. Mm-hmm. Um, you never want someone to come in thinking I'm here because something's wrong with me. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we tell them that, uh, well, one of our mottos and um, is that, you know, behind every student, there's a, a dancer or an astronomer or an engineer. You know, there's there's so much capability and we want to bring out the best. We want to, you know, give them the tools that they need to be the best that they can potentially be. And so there is that balance. That's where the name brain balance comes in is that we we all tend to lean one way or another, but we've got to be balanced enough that we can function mm-hmm. and function well and at high levels. And so that's what the goal is, is taking the good and the bad and working it all together um, to where we're even across the board. Well, it's almost like helping helping them get out of their own way in, yes. in, in many ways so that they're their real talents and their uniqueness can really shine, shine through, right that's right. awesome because we're not changing personality either right, Every, right. everyone is different yeah so 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 tell me your brain balance story you know mm-hmm. i i know a little bit about it um tell me how you got into this business mm-hmm. and and i know it's, it's been five years now Yes. So I guess six years ago, our daughter went through the program in Atlanta, in Roswell, Georgia. Um, You know, at that time, there wasn't the brain melts here. And um, we had sought for a long time to find something, I mean, just new. Um, And, you know, talking about don't compare, that was something we heard a lot. Don't compare, don't compare, because it was our second child. Um, But we just knew that, okay, this isn't comparing. She really struggles in these areas. And so she was nine when she went through the program and we had done other things and saw great results, but brain balance brought all of that together. It was like a one-stop shop for us. Um, it was the first place that with the nutrition, I wasn't afraid to try the nutrition because they, they helped us so well. I mean, the, the program is laid out in such a way that it wasn't intimidating. And, um, so after three months of her going there, we saw enough positive results that that's when we knew, we want to bring this to Knoxville because mm. not everyone can, you know, obviously drive to Atlanta. It was, it was definitely hard. I so, imagine. Yeah. So we drove it three days a week for three months and, wow. and you know, that that's, that's a task. <laughs> <laughs> so Very rough summer, but I would have done it all over again if we hadn't, you know, been able to open the center here, but um, you know, definitely a godsend. We really feel like now we can offer that to families here and offer them that same hope that we had. Um, you know, once we open, now all three of our uh, children have gone through the program. Our son is actually finishing. He's got a month left. Um, they all started with different needs and different goals in mind, but we have seen results with all three. And that, to me, is amazing. Um, you know, our oldest, you know, we saw little results, but that's the, what we, our issues were. We're little. Sure. Um, our son has been complete. I mean, he's probably your typical ADHD child, um, very hyper, um, very OCD. 
And, um, you know, he would give up oftentimes and not want to do things because if he didn't think he could do it the first time, you know, or the right immediately, he would just back off. Mm -hmm. And now we see him trying things and stepping out of his comfort zone. And so it's great to see, again, him reach that potential, you know, without anything hindering him. Um, Not that he doesn't struggle. He's still a 12-year-old boy. (laughs) And so, you know, that's, again, the great thing that they they still – our kids and they they still have their own personalities but again we're equipping them and giving them the tools that they need well and that's such a life skill like to to be able to um be challenged yes you know and face challenge and kind of you know climb up that hill and and mm-hmm. there's such a there's something about you know i keep i keep mentioning tennis just because it's such a big part of my life but um there's something about um struggling at something mm-hmm. and then seeing improvement right you know, no matter who you are, no matter what your personality traits are like, no matter what your uniqueness is, there's something about that. And if you can find something in your life where uh, you can see these minor improvements, you know, it's, it's such a motivator. Oh, you know? absolutely. And that's such a valuable yeah. thing for these kids yeah. to go through. Well, I mean, you think we all want to excel in something. So mm-hmm. if we never try, you know, you don't have that reward. And that what that does in the brain, I mean... Uh, you know, even that encouragingness and I can't imagine the impact it has on your brain. You know, I'm I'm not nearly that smart (laughs) as my dad found out so long ago. But, uh, but so, so tell me that process where you, you, you were with your daughter in, in Roswell and, and to opening to where you are now, like, was it, was that a long process to get this thing going? Um, you know, from the time she started brain balance to the time we opened here was a little over a year. Um, and from the time we, you know, she finished those three months, so then about nine months to, to get opened. Um, you know, one thing that's great about Brain Mounts, it is a franchise. Yeah. And um, so there's a system and a pattern, and there's training that we all go through. Um, I, this is not my background. Thankfully, I have worked with children and love children enough that I wanted to do it. Um, so I had a lot of learning to do. Sure. I had to take, you know, some neurology one-on-one classes just so I had a background knowledge of what we were doing most of our coaches and staff have that already so they're at an advantage to me then what they have to do is learn brain balance then you know learn what the program is and why we do what we do and the you know the um, actual steps and levels in the process so so you mentioned, uh, I'm assuming it's a three-month program? It, it varies. It, it depends. Um, she actually was recommended, you know, probably a year plus. But okay. part of that is she does have a genetic that causes her um, not to be able to walk, you know, normally. Okay. So we have to modify a lot. But um, most students that we see are between four and eight months as normal. Um, I, you know, I would say six is probably the average, but, um, my oldest, you know, needed the four. Okay. Um, so it does vary. We do recommend that they start at least with a minimum of that three because thinking about anything that we do, it takes so much time to number one, change habits. Um, but then also make those changes in the brain so that you're seeing results. So three is the minimum. Is there a sweet spot age wise out of curiosity? Wow. I would say that what we see here the most is that 8 to 12-year-old, but um, we have seen results from as young as 4-year-olds. It's it's amazing. Um, and then if you think about it, our, our brain is plastic, so to speak, or malleable. So even our older students... Um, so, you know, there's a lot, you know, with little kids, you're also dealing with their four. <laughs> um, so maybe that 8 to 12, the reason is they they're... I don't know, more prone to work with you and do it. Sure. Um, 
but really we we see growth and change with all ages so that's I know I'm digging deep here but but as far as the nutrition goes mm-hmm. have you seen it like noticed any overarching philosophy around nutrition that's really helpful for the brain and kids and which right. probably translates to adults as yes, well yes absolutely our program is really based on just clean eating okay um, there is a time period that we request that the families cut out your top three uh, inflammatory foods. So you're thinking of gluten, dairy, and refined sugars. Um, however, we have families that that's, you know, they, all families come in at a different level. And what we say is progress. You know, you want to make change. And any small change usually is greatly impacted. Um, So number one is cutting out some of the processed foods. I would say that in cutting out refined sugars is probably the biggest uh, impact that we see. How tough is that for a parent? Um, Because, you know, obviously I'm I'm not a parent, as I've said (laughs) a bunch this, this episode, but, you know, I would imagine that that'd be very difficult, be very difficult to cut that out of your you know, grocery store Mm -hmm. run every single week. Cause I know a lot of these parents are just trying to, you know, get through the week and feed the kids and, you know, work and, you know, got all these things going on. Right. And then you're running, you know, this sport and that. So what you find is you're going, you know, fast food. And, um, I think it takes more planning. Um, that's probably the hardest. I, when we were going through the program, I literally would spend one day a week of just trying to plan and then shop and you know think ahead okay we've got soccer this night we've got you know piano recital those type things and really think ahead of time and be prepared um take snacks with us um because that was the other thing i learned with my son is when i cut out all the process to the, the kid can eat <laughs> and he would eat a lot and so you know if you're giving him carrot sticks it's like wow he just ate that whole one pound bag of carrot sticks i'm like how um so you know thinking through that um and it does take time, but the, the rewards are so great. Um, one of the things I try to let parents know is for myself, just in that three-month period of time, I actually lost eight pounds just by changing our diet. No other changes with activity um, and found that I no longer had uh, a pain in my um, hand and knee. I believe Yes. It. So it, obviously that inflammation is is what caused it. And so and it's just cutting out processed foods. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the refined sugar. The sugar was huge for me. Yeah. And so then once you do that and you eat those foods, I found I didn't want them anymore that, you know, it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Um, so it makes it easier as you go along. So really the hardest is starting, getting started in that, that beginning. And that's where, again, brain balance walked us through it step by step. They were there with us. They have all kinds of shopping guides, recipes, all those things for you to make it so much easier that you're not having to stand in the store for hours, you know, thinking, should I eat this? Should I not? And um, they've already taken out all of the guesswork. I, I love that. And there's so much valuable information <laughs> right there. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing how like some of the, the most simple things can have the biggest impact. Yes. And, and you're talking impact you know, for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. you know, not just eight pounds, but like the way your brain functions and, you know, obviously the way your kid, you know, grows up, you know, and develops. Now, you know, one thing that, that I, I was thinking of as you're, as you're talking about the, the process is, you know, can you be too strict as, as a parent, even, you know, on yourself as well as on your kids? Cause I remember being a kid, it, you know, with, with, um, friends, 
who had households where they were very strict. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they'd do anything to get over to my house or someone <laughs> else's houses. And, uh, you know, and they'd be crushing Cokes and, you yeah. know, Mountain Dews. Yeah. It, is, there a, is there a balance there? Um, I'm sure brain balance may disagree. <laughs> but as from the mom, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I will say I love Doritos. So every so often... I, I eat Doritos, and I think if you allow yourself that, you're less li- likely to splurge and yeah. to, you know, just absolutely fall off the bandwagon, so to speak. I agree, and I, I think, you know, as you're raising kids, it's important mm-hmm. to, you know, give them some flexibility, yes. some, some room, um, but also, you know, helping them develop, you know, the taste for some of the healthy foods, right. which I'm sure is what, you know, the the first three months and brain balance mm-hmm. is about is just learning to like some right. of this stuff. Well, and you know, I think a lot of parents are intimidated because they're like, well, they have texture issues or they have this. And, um, you know, I tell parents, I'm not teaching your child to eat, but as we're working on some of these sensory issues along with what we're doing in center, they naturally begin to try new foods. So all your job is, is to offer it to them. And as they try it, then again, my son loves carrots. We're all carrots. And who would have thought, but, um, you know, because they were there one day he tried it. Um, so yeah, by, by offering that to them, they do start developing these tastes and start making themselves better decisions because they feel their bodies and they realize, Oh, this doesn't make me feel good. And this does. So that's, and that's ultimately what we want is for them to grow up and to be able to make those decisions for themselves. So I'm assuming that the parents will very clearly be able to notice some of the differences Mm -hmm. in their, in their children. You mentioned to me that that your daughter started to, I think it was your older daughter Mm -hmm. who was, who was starting to, to be able to, to understand, oh, like I, I used to not be able to hear that, you know, mm-hmm. when she was on the soccer field or whatever. Yeah. Do the kids normally, can they tell a difference? It, they're so young. it definitely varies, right? Obviously your younger kids may not be able to, um, but oftentimes our older students can, um, you know, they'll come in and say, hey, I, I passed this test today and I've right. always struggled in this subject and I can remember now when I couldn't. Um, Or, you know, my favorite, I think, is one of our very first students here that came in and I thought, I was at my office and I thought, who in the world is that? I just hear this, you know, chattering up front and I look down the hall and she's all excited and animated. I'm like, I've never seen her like that. And she was telling us that she had made a friend at school. That's cool. So that, that is where, you know, it helps us, you know, here because it's hard work um, to see the results too when they come in and can communicate that. And again... It definitely depends on the age. Um, you know, younger kids may not get it. They're just here having fun. And to them, it's play. It's just organized play. Yeah. Um, but the older kids can see it. That's super cool. And one thing I will mention is, you know, just the impact that this can have on the, the family unit. Mm-hmm. Um, as, you know, a, a lot of people that, that watch this know, both my brother and my sister were diagnosed with type 1 diabetes when they were, uh, I believe, 9 and nine and 14. Uh, and, and it really impacted the way we did things Mm -hmm. and you know we changed you know so much of what was in the what was in the fridge what was in the pantry you know uh things got way more organized out of necessity Mm -hmm. and it's just interesting how uh things like this and i'm sure with you know any sort of developmental thing with a, a child can impact the whole family unit and it sounds to me based on your experience like it can really be a positive absolutely yes yeah and 
you know, when you think about the change too, sometimes it's just getting to know your child. Mm -hmm. We've had parents say, wow, I feel like I know my child now. Um, or we actually get along or we can go to a restaurant or, you know, those type things that they just, you know, weren't comfortable doing before, maybe Mm -hmm. because of behavior issues or, you know, I even remember a mom one time saying, you know, now we don't fight at home. And it was all because the student didn't struggle as much doing the homework. And, you know, when they would struggle and then they would get frustrated and then they would be this big blow up. Um, And so, you know, those type things also, just the changes in the environment at the house because, you know, there's the struggles aren't there. Yeah, Mm. yeah. It's so important. Mm -hmm. And any, you know, because I want to be respectful of your time, is there any parting advice you have for the people watching this, just with their their own brain health, um, how they can improve their lives through some simple things like the unrefined sugar in the processed foods. Mm -hmm. I've just heard so many stories about them cutting out sugar and it just changing everything. I know it's difficult, but man, you know, if you're wanting to to see real impact, that's one way. Any other Mm -hmm. like movement stuff besides the planks? I I mean, just being active in general. um, Again, you know, one of the things that our family did that was really hard because grandparents, you know, are buying all these tablets and different things is we, we got rid of a lot of that. Um, we don't have cable anymore. And so, you know, getting out the old board games and playing with your kids, um, getting outside more. And, you know, we live in a, such a beautiful area that you can. We have wonderful seasons. So, you know, take a walk around the neighborhood, um, do something in the backyard, um, I think that's probably the biggest thing we've learned as a family mm-hmm. is just being active as a family, you know, doing fun things together, you know, playing those games instead of that sedentary lifestyle. Is there any games that you recommend out of curiosity? Oh, like wow. any cool, um, I, I know like things like ping pong are great for your brain. Anything yes, that you, visual tracking, yeah. Anything you guys do? Oh, there are so many. Um, I mean, you think about most of your older games are really designed for hand-eye coordination, and you think of pickup sticks, jacks. I mean, there's so many great ones. Um, you know, our family, we, oh gosh, we play so many of them. I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, I think one of our favorites is an old one. Um, as a matter of fact, we lost a piece and I had to find it. Um, it's not even made anymore, but it's called Bonkers. Um, so, you know, know yeah, I know that's, it's not many people, but card games too. We love card games. Okay. Um, Stratego. Um, my kids like perfection. I will say that. that century for me. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> I hate it when it pops, but you know, it's a great hand eye, you know, coordination thing of getting all those shapes in there. So there's a lot of good ones. That yeah. reminds me if, if, if you've seen the, the movie, um, elf, um, there's a, there's a segment where he's on the toy line with that, the, <laughs> the toy that pops out. Yeah. Jack just, in the box. The there. Jack in the box. <laughs> And it didn't pop out, and he was, like, waiting on it, you know, frozen. Yeah. That would freak me out. Yeah. But, yep. uh, but anyways, uh, we're, we're going to wrap up, guys. This has been Angel Ogden. Tell us where we can find you. Tell us where Brain Balance is. We're in Knoxville, Tennessee. Shout out to Knoxville. Shout out to Robin Riddle, our newest nurse practitioner in Knoxville. Angel, where can people find you? So we are located on Kingston Pike, directly on Kingston Pike. It's 10341 um, Kingston Pike. Mm-hmm. We're across, and, you know, after saying no processed foods, we're across from Pizza Hut. Um, so not always a good thing. <laughs> or the barbecue place that smells <laughs> wonderful when you walk at the door. Don't um, tell but, me that. It's, yeah. it's almost lunchtime. <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, but in the white buildings, um, up on the hill kind of. Beautiful spot. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, website? Any website we can send So to? it is Brain Balance. 
um.com and then when you go in there because we're a franchise you could put in a zip code and you know if you're in this area it's going to bring up knoxville um, which is the great thing too when you go there you could see you know pictures and bios of our staff because um, you know one of the reasons most of us are here is we either have a child or we ourselves, you know, understand. So, yeah. Super cool. It's, it's been so good getting Thank to know you. you. Like, this has it. been a blast. I really do appreciate it. Guys, this has been Outside the Box Conversations. I'm with Angel Ogden from Brain Balance. I'm your host, Ben Rogers. Uh, what is my, what, how am I ending? I, I forgot how I'm ending. But don't go away because we're coming back next time. <laughs> See you guys. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.